This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to All Things Azeroth, episode 231, Trivia Impossible. All Things Azeroth is sponsored by Doghouse Systems. Visit them at doghousesystems.com for great computers made by gamers for gamers. Use the code BACON and you get a gift code for Jinx.com who make the best clothing you get for World of Warcraft. Upgrade your gear today at doghousesystems.com. You're listening to All Things Azeroth. Your World of Warcraft podcast. With your hosts, Midros and Shade. And welcome back to another exciting and thrilling episode of All Things Azeroth, your World of Warcraft podcast. I am your host, Medros, and not with me is Shade. She has unfortunately been crit by the uh, Home Improvement boss and is still uh, recovering from the painting job she was speaking of last week. So I have recruited a a filler, a, a, a scab, a, a replacement in, the, in this fine two-man group. A pug. Sure, let's go with pug. How you doing there, Haster? I'm doing well. It it could be a whole lot better, but you know what? It's it's Monday, and you know what? It's a pretty decent day. The sun shine, shone today, so I guess that's good for a start. Definitely a good start. Uh, you have sun, and I'm sure it feels warm, right? Well, it, it felt warmer this morning. It's supposed to get down to freezing tomorrow. And here in Texas, freezing weather means that people go out to the grocery stores and stock up on all the essentials in order to stay inside for three days. Well, actually, that's 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 pretty bad. Is it snowing at all? Like, is, is it really bad weather there, at least? It, it's not snowing yet, but they're forecasting by about 9 a.m. for it to be down to about 28 degrees and it not getting much better than that. And you, you're located where again? I'm, I'm living in Texas, uh, Dallas area. Okay, so a snowflake falls and they call for a national emergency? Yes. A, a snowflake or an ice pellet falls and it constitutes a disaster in the entire area. Okay. Yeah, sorry to hear that you uh, live in a state of uh, apparent wusses. My apologies. <laughs> I say that... With the, the only the best intentions in my heart, of course. I, I'm sure you, you love the maybe eight, 80 to 90 degree weather in mid-August in September. If it wasn't snowing, I'd probably be happy. Let's put it that way. Beyond that, doesn't overall matter as long as it's not snowing. That's the big thing. Right. So, uh, how's your week been in, in World of Warcraft? Well, I've been busy. I didn't sign up in time for the raids this week, so I spent time uh, fishing up extra fish for the giant fish feast that our guild got last week. I've also been puttering around uh, getting extra gear for my warlock, and I actually finished off the uh, Tragedy in Three Acts archaeology achievement last night. Just going around all of Kalimdor, trying to get the Tolvir artifacts and sites to pop up but of course no it just has to pop more night elf ruins it's almost as though night elves were all over the continent or something or something yeah i don't know what they're doing there <laughs> i mean that that's almost that's like saying you know or that that's like why is there so many troll ruins in in strangled or veil i mean geez come on now yeah I, personally i would have preferred the zone, the archaeology zones to spawn more towards your level area. Even at 85, I'm still getting night elf ruins that I've already got all the all the rares, all the commons. Just let's skip all the night elf ruins and focus on some other groups that I haven't got, like the 150 artifacts I need to find to complete my next Tolvir artifact. Yeah. 
have 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 you had a lot of luck with Tolvir? Because I haven't. Well, I I think I'm like three of of six or seven on the Tolvir uh, arc achievement solve, and it, it's as long as you focus and try to push them all to one end of the continent, it's not that bad. Especially at 85, when you can go back to Stormwind or Agrimar and take the hearth, take the portal to either the Hyjal or Uldum and just bounce across the continent that way. Yeah. And and you're weak in game? Or out of game, for that matter? Well, let's see here. Um, my week was great. As I said, I did ding Exalted today with uh, Therizane. Um, I hadn't had a chance to play for several days uh, this week, unfortunately. It, it was just... I had so much going on and wanted to spend time with my fiancé this weekend. Had a lot of stuff kind of on the go this weekend, so I uh, didn't get a lot of playtime this week, but uh, I, I did get a great group quest go- uh, show done and uh, really enjoyed the exciting and very interesting conversation that I had with our guests this weekend. So yeah, uh, that was pretty much the, the one major thing I did this week. Uh, my druid is not yet 85. Um, we did award the 85. Uh, that was to Kasamegi uh, in our guild, the Heroes of Lordaeron. That was a, a contest, as I mentioned previously on the show. Uh, the next person to hit 85 would get 5,000 gold. Kasamegi did get that. And their choice of pets uh, from our guild bank. And at the same time, I also announced that the next person after that would get 3,000 gold. So uh, hopefully more of our players will continue to hit 85 and uh, we can get start getting some level 85 dungeons going. Uh, hopefully we will uh, start maxing out that experience cap soon. Sounds like an incentive to people. And apparently one of our guild members hit 85 as well. So uh, we... That three three thousand gold is, I'm sure, gone already. Even though it hasn't been given out yet, so so congratulations. That's apparently Darylin who has uh, hit eighty five. Um, I guess in the last yesterday, apparently. So uh, congratulations to Darylin. See what see what I miss when I'm not on the on on, on for a couple of days. So the next prize will be a thousand gold to the next person after Darylin who hits eighty five. But it's been successful in doing what I wanted to do, which was encourage people to level. So that's always nice to see. Now that my somewhat rant is out of the way, and now that I've given you up my update, let's, uh, let's do talk about our sponsor, and that is, of course, Doghouse Systems. As, as I mentioned, All Things Azeroth is sponsored by Doghouse Systems, computers that you know are going to get to last you a long time. I want you to visit them at Doghouse Systems for great desktop and laptop systems for gamers, starting at $1,200. When you buy a new computer and use the code Azeroth, you'll even get a code for $25 towards some great Jinx apparel. Upgrade your gear today at doghousesystems.com and let them know you heard about them from All Things Azeroth and Group Quest. I actually looked at their systems and probably in the next year or change I'm going to upgrade my PC because it's it's already becoming a Franken system. But it's already looking like the doghouse systems might, even at the low end, is a much better upgrade than what I have currently. Oh, for sure. I mean, I've got a... I've got a Dell Inspiron 530, and if anybody looks that up, you'll see how pathetic the system is at base. Um, it's got a better video card than it originally had. It's got more RAM, and it has a significantly larger hard drive, but overall, there's not been a lot of upgrades to the system. Um, I definitely want to upgrade this the system here uh, before it tells me it needs to, uh, which generally is by it going poof and here, smelling the bl- magic blue smoke that no geek ever wants to smell. It's the the souls of warlocks being melted. Yes, that that works. <laughs> um, not that we would melt any warlocks, because you know I'd hate to offend you, Haster. Of course not. <laughs> let us uh, let let's play our first segment of the uh, of the show here, um, and uh, the only segment of the show really, and uh, that will be. Uh, of course, the weekly Warcraft Less Traveled. So pull out your Yogamats gear, guys, and listen along. Warcraft Less Traveled. A World of Warcraft time capsule dedicated to the exploration and discovery within WoW. 
The Jar of Ashes. Well, here it is. The time has finally arrived. Warcraft Less Traveled has a big announcement. And no, I haven't discovered the World of Warcraft dance studio hidden under the lower basement of Exodar. At least I don't think it's down there. But no matter. But I do want to let everyone know that has listened to the time capsules for the past year, has joined in exploring the hidden quarters of the Eastern Kingdoms, and has found some wonderment in the rarely seen locations tucked in the shadows of Kalimdor, is that I've made a decision that today we'll discuss our very first secret destination in the Outlands. I know, this is a big step. And although the original version of Azeroth, as well as the post-shattering landscape, continues to provide a great number of interesting secrets, I'm excited to present this first of many interesting features from Blizzard's expansion in 2007. First up, it's the Hellfire Peninsula. It's the initial zone that the Horde and the Alliance will encounter upon reaching level 58 by traveling through the Dark Portal in the Blasted Lands. Nowadays, Hellfire Peninsula is far from new, and most everyone is questing through this area as quickly as possible in order to level themselves to Northrend and beyond. Yet, off the beaten track, here lies a mysterious scene if you happen to stumble across it. On the far south-southeastern edge of Hellfire, secluded on a cliff face attached to the main landmass, there hides a solitary skeleton with a secret possession. This inanimate skeleton is nearly impossible to see as you approach it from the north and it rests inside a hollow boulder at coordinates 4587, at the very edge of the land before the lower land shelf gives way to the emptiness of space to the south. This area is distant from all questing hubs or creatures, and the closest NPCs or points of interest being the uncontrolled voidwalkers wandering far to the north. A flying mount is not required, but riding south and down onto this lower shelf level will not allow any way to climb back up once you reach it. Upon arriving, explorers will find that, near the bony hands of the skeleton, an ornate jar is resting against him. Its decorations are simple, and both the jar and the skeleton blend very well with the reds and azure blues of the rocks behind them. Neither the skeleton nor the jar are part of any quest chain or achievement. And to add to the mystery, you will find that the jar permits interaction. Clicking the skeleton's jar reveals the name of this item to be the Jar of Ashes. In addition, you will be given the chance to read this lengthy note scrawled into the outside of the jar. The readable text includes the following, quote, Here is a jar of ashes. These are the ashes of my sanity, my passion, and my drive, all utterly destroyed by themselves. It goes on to say at the end, quote, I will avenge my suffering, end quote. So, what do we have here? A mysterious note on a bizarre jar? held by the remains of a skeleton secluded far off and forgotten here in Hellfire. What can this all mean? After reading the full message and doing a bit of background research, I believe the placement of this very remote skeleton and jar of ashes may be much more than a random piece of zone scenery. First off, the way that the skeleton is very well hidden within the rocks gives the impression that they really try to hide this special feature for people to find. The strange note on the jar appears to be symbolically holding the drive and passion of someone, and this ambition is now destroyed, leaving just the ashes. It is speculated that a former Blizzard community manager and popular forum blue poster named Sarek may be the influence for this jar of ashes. As the story goes, in May 2007, Sarek blue posted into a thread where he was overly candid about his personal feelings about his job, the challenges he deals with, and the disheartening relationship he's had with the WoW community. His post was soon deleted, but created a flurry of forum comments concerning Sarek, many not so favorable. His final few posts contained an underlying tone of frustration and sadness. An official word came a few days later that he had departed Blizzard to pursue other activities. This too sparked discussion about the merciless taunting he was receiving from posters, and how this most likely had crushed his drive. Some believe that this jar of ashes found here in Hellfire is a memorial to the spirit of Sarek's enthusiasm and passion that he brought to his job. As explorers of Azeroth, we can never know for certain, yet here in the Hellfire Peninsula, in this solitary corner of this desolated landscape, hides a forgotten skeleton clinging tightly to his lost dreams within this jar of ashes. Please send your show comments and questions to warcraftlesstraveled at gmail.com or listen back to the show archives at warcraftlesstraveled.com. My name is Skolnik, and until next time, remember to travel safe, beware anyone offering you a jar of ash jelly preserves, and leave only footprints. 
Hmm. I, I hadn't heard of that one before. That that was a new one for me. And I thought I'd traveled most of the, most of Outlands. Yeah, I definitely hadn't heard this, that story before. But, I mean, yeah, if you're going to be that candid on, a, on your company's forums and you're speaking on behalf of the company, yeah, I don't think you're going to be remaining with the company for that long. I recall when... When Tesseric blew up, uh, when he had his uh, his moment, it was it was saddening to me, to be honest, as a player, because you you play the game and you get to know all these these people, you know, Cadium, Tesseric, Block, um, uh, Orden, all of these people, uh, you get to know them very well. You 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 almost get to to see them as friends, and uh, when when some of that happens and someone for one reason or other, just you know, ends up departing. It's a bit sad, but uh, you know, I, I'm sure that I'm sure Tzarek went on to do something that uh, that he could enjoy. Um, and truly, if he wasn't getting any enjoyment out of of the game of the community, then yeah, I mean, that's when the time is to go. You want to say your goodbyes before it breaks you, and I, I don't know if that worked for him, but. Hopefully that will uh, be something that he will uh, take with him and uh, be able to cherish for however long he is in the gaming community. Maybe we'll see him back one day. Maybe not. Well, we can always hope. Definitely. Definitely. There is always hope. I think that's a line from a movie. I can't remember which one it is, though. Yeah, Sure, there's one out there. I'm sure it's from some movie out there somewhere. Anyways, what uh, what do you want to talk about first, there, Haster? I don't know. That uh, discussion about why people hate Stonecore so much might be good. Okay. Well, why do you hate it so much? Well, frankly, even even with people working really hard and pugging into Stonecore, personally, I still hate the first boss. Because unless everybody is on very much on top of their game to the level of raid awareness, as I would consider, people are still failing to the first boss, uh, Karabas. Now, I, I know that he's supposed to be challenging and he's supposed to be teaching us mechanics that are going to be very important in the raids, but having him be the first boss of Stonecore, both in regular and heroic mode, being such a challenge to do, it makes it very disheartening to the fact where as soon as people have zoned into Stonecore, and as soon as people see that this is Stonecore before the first boss, they'll drop without even trying. It's become the new Oculus, in my opinion. Well, do you think that the, uh, the changes they've made in uh, 4.0.6 will, if not fix it, make that at least a little more desirable to play? Well, I think it'll make it less of a chore to do, but in the same time, I think we'll see people t possibly getting a better grasp on what he does and what they're supposed to do about it. But I, I think it might go all the way up to eventually putting the big big bag of loot just to make you stay in the instance a la Oculus will eventually become the result and I think that's probably going to be maybe a content patch and a half down the road so you think they will go with the big bag of loot kind of thing right uh, I think it may have to work that way regardless of which zone it was I still stayed in in Wrath even in Cataclysm, I'm still staying in, unless we're wiping for the exact same reason on the exact same boss of the dungeon. If if we can't get past, uh, what is it, uh, Tharagus the Forge Master in Grim Batol, because people keep failing on the, uh, what is it, the, the shield, the fire shield, there's no reason to stay in there and beat our heads against it for another two hours while we're still dealing with the basic fact that people think they can stand in front of the fire shield and just eat the damage. 
I, I will admit I still have not seen Stone Core. I do want to run it, but getting going into groups that are um, how can I put it? They that you're basically joining it after level, like basically you're, you're too high for it. It's really hard to selectively join a dungeon. Um, and I'm at this point too high for that, but maybe my druid who can probably still queue for stone core might, might work for that. We'll have to see. Well, regular stone core is not that bad. A lot of the really annoying attributes that pretty much every single boss has from the heroic modes aren't enabled in the lower mode in the regular dungeon. You'll think, oh, well, this is easy. And then when you flip over to heroic, you'll find out that they have this really nasty ability. Or, for example, the third boss of Stone Core, who does a giant knockback shield if the, the boss is facing towards the group. Now, typically, tanks would face the boss away from the group. Yeah, I had a tank that decided, well, I'm a tank, I can deal with it, and everybody else can just move around me. Yeah, we were kind of expecting him to turn the other way. And it resulted in a very messy wipe. That's not good. Your tank should not, uh, should not be trying to kill you. Well, we would hope the tank wouldn't try to kill us. Of course, we all do what we can in order to prevent the wipe and make the wipe less painful. All so the tank can kill you. That sucks. We do what we can. Do what you can and try and survive, right? Right. That's the... That's the thing. And and thank you to everybody in the chat room who did mention that uh, the the line was from Lord of the Rings. We talked last week, me and Shade, um, about the and McCurley about the uh, cell prices that had been increased for some of the common artifacts from archaeology. Dave reduced those prices a bit. There's no longer a one thousand gold one that will make everybody who sold ten of them want to kill themselves. This, that is still the highest priced item, but uh, that is now valued at 375 gold. So instead of selling, um, you know, a thousand gold or, or, or ten thousand gold worth of, uh, of archaeology stuff, you know, before they're worth much, now you're only selling three thousand seven hundred fifty gold worth. It's nothing, right? Yeah, it's it's a significant step down, and I, I think it's probably a better idea to have it be at least worth something, but at the same time, not have it be so profitable that people spend their time going out and doing archaeology farming because it pays off at a better rate. Yeah. The way I saw the greys overall was, yeah, they're nice. They tell us a little bit more of the story behind WoW, and you find out how certain items are tied together. But overall, they're just something that you can read the story on and then pretty much sell it off because it's not really that interesting. Some of the blue items, on the other hand, have a much more interesting story to tell. For example, I'm working on the uh, innkeeper's daughter for the dwarven artifact. And yeah, that was very interesting. Yeah, I've I've honestly, since since my druid hit, Three or five twenty-five archaeology. I haven't done much on him. Uh, I am trying to work out, like trying to work, go around and get my my alts up to one hundred, so that uh, when four point zero point six does hit, um, I can at least not be hit by the the nerf of uh, of getting skill ups until fifty. That'll be nice to be able to get that high. But that's that's my goal at least to get those characters up, and that may mean I may be playing late tonight because. We, we have heard rumor that the patch may drop tomorrow. Uh, no guarantees, since they have re been sold them in doing uh, updates to that patch this week. Um, but uh, they have put a placeholder stating uh, that the patch would drop tomorrow. Whether that is a placeholder saying the patch will drop tomorrow, we don't know for sure. Of course, that is rumor. That is a possibility. We don't know yet, but you could see the patch tomorrow, folks. Right, as I logged in earlier tonight, I didn't see any notice about any extended maintenance, and typically Blizzard puts an extended maintenance window in place whenever they're going to do a bug fix yeah, patch sure. or a content patch. So I think because we didn't see that, we won't see uh, 406 tomorrow. 
Well, we'll have to wait and see and, and see what happens. Since we're on the topic anyway, uh, today's trivia question is going to be about archaeology. The question now has been posted, and it's it's a bit of a <laughs> a, a bit of a it's going to require a bit of research. Uh, so, what we will uh, what we might do is we might uh, play some play our voicemail and uh, and see how long it takes for us to get the the correct answers to these question to the question. The question is: Tell me the highest level non-PVP zone from Eastern Kingdom, Kalimdor, Outlands, Northward, and the Cataclysm zones that have no dig sites. The highest from each one. The highest level from each one. So, and you you have wow. to put <laughs> that. That's just evil, Medros. It is very evil. You you do <laughs> you do need to have uh uh you need to have uh them all in one chat entry to account. I believe someone was saying that they uh, they were wanting a game time, so the winner will get a 60-day game time. A game code. Pretty sure I still have one kicking around here somewhere. We do have play that now uh, while we wait for someone to come up with the correct answer to the question, and all I can say is... You are not prepared. I should probably play that before I said the question, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that probably would have been a good idea. All right, so let's hear this voicemail here from Mark. Hello, all in Zazara crew. Hope all is going well. This is Firefighter Mark in LA. And I um, was curious, I was listening to the most recent podcast, and you were talking about the Razor Naga Mouse, which I do have, because you love. And I was wondering if any of you used any. Um, First of all, third-party uh, keyboards. I'm thinking about getting one, and we're just wondering if you knew if you used one, and if you or if you knew of anybody that used one, and if they were happy with it. And uh, I wanted to also find out, uh, Shade, how is uh, I mean the dwarf going? How's it going well for you? But that poor little dwarf is getting farmed, and uh, he probably just doesn't want it. Thanks for what you do, and I look forward to your next podcast. Take care. Bye bye. Well. Uh, I believe Shade did or is planning to get the Razer Naga Epic, the most recent one they released. That because apparently it, it, you can make it longer or shorter, or it's really customizable to your hand in order to make it so that it's more comfortable for you to play with. I don't have any specialized gaming gear at all. Like my mouse is just a gaming mouse and nothing super special. How about you, Haster? Well, I have a Microsoft keyboard that's one of those nicer keyboards that's designed for gaming. I have a HP mouse that's supposedly better for gaming in terms of changing the resolution of the little laser thing. Other than that, I don't have a whole any specialized gaming items. I did used to use a G15 game board, the little sideboard from Logitech, and it worked out decently for a little bit, but overall I wouldn't really consider it a best choice, mainly because I don't have a whole lot of space on the front of my desk in order to lay it all out, in order to make it work. All things being equal, I mean, I tried it, I was decent, but just having to move my hands around in order to select what I was going to do and then switch back to move to the next fight really didn't work out for me. I'd, I don't think that I'd very, find it very comfortable to try and uh, to try and actually like play with a gaming like, with a, a keyboard that was that complex. Um, I also wouldn't want to play with anything that had that many buttons because it's just really um, it's really complex. Like you don't, I don't think you really need that much. I'm very happy with just the basics, at least for me. Don't think anybody has yet gotten. Well, if it's the answer I'm thinking, I don't think I've even seen a correct answer for one of the regions. Oh, I take that back. I think someone may have just hit on one of the correct answers. Okay, we're writing the question here. That's a very good question. No, I may need to check that because I hadn't considered one of the zones. You you really should be using Wowpedia if you're going to try and search this out. 
Yeah, ironically, well, I was using I mean, I was using Wildpedia, but they haven't updated their 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 zone levels to the latest zones. Like they they don't have like they still list Azara as um, as being a high level zone, not a level ten to twenty zone, for instance. Yeah, I was referring to the people who were trying to use Google to find this out. But I, I think I've only seen one correct answer for one zone. I'm pretty sure it's the one I think it is, because I've only seen one person put this answer in so far. Yeah, unfortunately the Wikipedia article for maps is not up to date for levels. Okay, Oathblade, you're missing a, you're missing a continent. Just so we're clear on that. Any, any correct answer will have to have all five continents. Eastern Kingdoms, Kalimdor, Outlands, Northrend, and the Collection of Cataclysm Zones. So any any answer that has only four or three, you're not going to get anything. You're not going to get any points for it. Well, shall we talk about another topic? Yeah, let, let's uh, let's set up another topic while we wait for somebody to answer. And maybe Chen can occasionally repost the question for those who are still trying to get an answer. What do you think about Blizzard going after gold sellers by take, trying to take away their PayPal accounts? Well, I saw this article over the weekend, and I thought it was pretty interesting. Basically, what Blizzard has done is sent a notice to PayPal sometime recently that basically they sent a notice saying that they believe that the gold sellers are in, are infringing on Blizzard's intellectual property and selling things they're not supposed to be able to. So because of that, they want PayPal to intercede and stop the gold sellers. Now, out of what would normally be PayPal's, well, this is suspicious, so we're just going to shut you down. Even for legitimate gaming people like Notch, who developed uh, Minecraft, PayPal gave, gave the sellers an attempt to prove that they are legitimately allowed to sell this item. And yes, it's kind of out of the ordinary, and the fact that the article showed up just this on the 22nd, which was the same day that their requirement to prove that they had access to it was, I think, quite interesting. But overall, I think it's going to be an interesting way to attack the gold sellers. Frankly, I would be much more in favor of if the gold seller gets reported many times in game for trying to push gold or being reported for whispering players about wanting to sell gold Blizzard suggests outright ban the account permanently and yes that means that the seller will come back as a different account and it just gives more proof for them to identify the where the login is coming from and totally hard ban that IP IP address. I, I, I have to go. I have to agree. I'm, I'm a bit surprised. Um, I've seen PayPal suspend accounts for really trivial stuff, including suspending an account because it has too much money in it. I thought that was kind of the idea. <laughs> I forget what the exact reason was for PayPal suspending Notch's account. I think it was because they he had amassed uh, 2.1 million dollar uh, U.S. effective dollars in a matter of two months, mainly because people were giving him five dollars just to play the alpha of the game he was developing. And that was out of the ordinary for what would have been an independent game person. In the end, I think the I hate to say it, but I think the gold sellers will probably win. Blizzard can go after them for copyright violation or violation of terms of use, but I don't think... They've never been shot down once on copyright violations. I, I don't think that... Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it'll be... Uh, I, I don't think they'll win, unfortunately. Well, I think it's always going to be a cat-and-mouse game, and until Blizzard can throw the nuclear bomb option and totally outright ban all of the players who are coming from those realms, coming from those locations or potentially outright blocking the the VPNs that, are, that they're using to get over here. Because if I'm correct, most of them are based in China, so they're not really supposed to be playing on the U.S. realms. Yeah. But it's still a cat-and-mouse game. 
I, I think that Blizzard is trying very hard to try and they're trying not to get very very angry with the the people. They're trying not to use really really harsh tactics, but they do want their economy to be the economies of their servers to be very secure. They have worked very hard over a lot of years to try and improve those servers. They don't want to see some gold sellers come in and ruin them, and I understand that point of view very very well. Right. In, in the end, I think that Blizzard. As I think Blizzard will lose, unfortunately. It's it's going to be a constant arms war of Blizzard will up one up some way, gold farmers and sellers will figure out some way to get around it, and then it'll go back and forth of a constant arms race until eventually it'll be nothing but Blizzard trying to up this ante and the gold farmers being the only people on the realms trying to defeat Blizzard. It's always been an arms race, though. It's always been an arms race. Yeah, I don't know. I, d- I don't know what Blizzard can do. See, the thing is, is that the, the, the DMCA is a very strong law. It's a very powerful law, and Blizzard is using it in a lot of different ways, but they're just a little bit lacking in making that a very, very big... They're, they're not really succeeding very well. And I don't know what they can do to, to fix that. But. Well, Gaijin, as it's been pointed out, they've already gone after the buyers several times. If they see that suddenly you had, when, when before you only had 100 gold, and now you're rolling around and having 200,000 gold, yeah, something is not right there. And when they see that you got that gold, by trading with a level one, yeah, that's very suspicious. Even then, you really shouldn't be even responding to them. Personally, I prefer to go and whenever a gold farmer or spammer tries to message me, I just put random nonsense words into the message window. So, A, it wastes their time. B, they have to figure out what I was really trying to say. And C, it entertains me and really confuses them. The, the problem with tracking transactions, Oathblade, uh, who, that's what his suggestion was, is that usually by the time you can actually read over those logs or uh, see a pattern, they've already deleted that character and created another level one and then another level one. They don't really... They, they don't keep those characters lo- alive long enough to ban them, much like their spamming accounts. They usually keep them alive long enough to spam two or three times, and then they're done. And you're not going to see that change. At least from what I can tell, they've gotten rid of a lot of the uh, level one mages who would levitate and then create entertaining messages in the in the air or on the ground. Let's move on here. How many tabards do you think you have? Because I have a lot. I, I know I have at least 30. And that's because I'm one of those collector junkies who will go around and find all the item, find all the tabards, and that's, let's see, and that's taking into account the mandatory tabards that you really need to have for the Wrath Dungeons and the Cataclysm Dungeons. I think I have all of on my main I think I have all of the cities even though he doesn't need them because he's already exalted with everybody but Gilnius um, he's got all of the rep tabards from Cataclysm he's got all of the rep tabards from out from uh, Northrend and he's got like the Shattered Sun tabard he's got um, the Argent Dawn tabard both of them he has a competitions tabard. Like I've got so many tabards, it's not funny. If they give me a tabard bag like the key ring, I would need one that really expands a lot. Or possi- possibly a tabard closet. Or a, uh, was it, the non-productive uses closet that I remember them talking about a, a long time ago. Kind of like a vanity closet that you could put items in there and acknowledge that they would never have any usefulness, but at the same time you could pick it out and wear it around and still look pretty decent in it. I mean, that's the entire reason why I went back to Molten Core 
week after week just to farm the old old gear up because I liked the look of it and enjoy wearing it, especially when chasing down little level ones in, in Duratar. It's frustrating. Um, I do hope Blizzard solves it, but at this point, um, I, I look at my bank on my main. I don't have a lot of space. Um, I'm not going to log in to, to see, but my main has a uh, has an incredible amount of stuff. Like, and and part of that's you know wanting to hold on to memories. Like, I still have my first piece of tier one, which is the Lawbringer shoulders. Um, I still have the first epic weapon I got on my main. I still got. I still have basically any any piece of any any piece of armor that is is blue or epic that I can't I couldn't sell. Um, I've kept because a lot of the tier stuff you couldn't sell for cash because you bought it with justice points or at the point em, at that point emblems. So a lot of that is the stuff that I've kept, and it's just really, really hard. And personally, I, I mean, I've collect, I collect some dungeon sets because and tier sets because I like the look of them on the warlocks. Other things that I like to keep, like uh, what is it, the Barov peasant collar that used to, I know it used to be in the game. I'm not, I don't think I remember seeing it when I went back through the zone and requested. Uh, Eastern Plague Land, uh, sorry, Western Plague Lands. I don't remember seeing it. It was one of those that was just nice to have around so you could ring it and pick up three items. And being told that the peasant collar is still in game as part of an instance now. So, Trivia Impossible, instead of Mission Impossible, Trivia Impossible, has been solved. finally have a winner it only took us like 20 minutes <laughs> and me answering like why certain answers were wrong the answer to the question which i'll repeat since some of you may have forgotten by now tell me the highest level non-pvp zone for from eastern kingdom kalimdor outlands northwind and the cataclysm collection of zones that have no dig sites the highest from each one and the answer through much research is in the Kalimdor, Thousand Needles. In Eastern Kingdoms, the Isle of Kueldanos. In Outlands, the highest level is Blades Edge Mountains. In Northrend is Sholzar Basin. And lastly, in the Cataclysm Collection of Zones, the highest that has no dig sites is Deep Home. Congratulations to Mick of Azeroth, who discovered the result finally once I pointed out that Deadwind Pass was not a level 70 zone. Congratulations, Mick. Assuming you are a US player or Oceanic player, we will get you a, a game card for 60 days game time. Um, just email medros at allthingsazeroth.com with the code that I'm messaging you right now. Aww. It appears that Mick is of the EU realm. Then, Mick, it may take a bit longer to get you one uh, but I will get you one, so sorry. It may take longer, but we'll still get you one. We'll just make sure you email me. Dinius, my apologies. I threw, tried to throw a game card in there for you, but uh, but yeah, sorry. It was one of those uh, overly challenging trivia questions. Apparently. Um... <laughs> but 60 days of game time is pretty epic. I tried to make sure that the the prize was equivalent to the quality of the question. Um, I didn't realize we'd go half the show without an answer, though. <laughs> well, maybe it'll encourage people to be more archaeologizing. Honestly, unless you have seen a, a thing in every zone that it has one and know, you know notice which ones didn't have them, I mean, who would... The, 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 the two biggest sticklers was... The Isle of Kaldanos and Moonglade. Moonglade because it was a level 60 zone at one point. That has changed, is now listed as a level 15 zone. The Isle of Kaldanos, most people consider to be Outlands, but it's actually on the Eastern Kingdoms. One of those clever ones. Let's move on to our next topic here. What do you think is the 
impact and the how, how would you account for the fact that World of Warcraft is now its own re- pop culture reference and not only in the fact that a game is using a WoW reference in their game but it's all over TV, it's all over all kinds of things. It's used pretty heavily across a lot of different venues and different media. What do you think is the the reason for that? Well, I think WoW because WoW has just sunk, sunken into the pop to the regular culture. It's been on the South Park, it's been on Stargate, it's been on so many different programs. And conversely, they borrowed so many different cultural icons into the game that people recognize it regardless. And yes, it may not be the most recent that people recognize, but they know that when someone mentions Azeroth or certain words or Space Goat, people know they're talking about Warcraft. But to have another game pretty much copy one of your items very much in everything you'll see it show up as one of those things that oh wait a minute I know what that is oh wow now Warcraft is being borrowed from because it's entered into the cultural lexicon much the same way that the Simpsons in South Park have I think Blizzard has done a very masterful job in making sure that the the entirety of the world knows their their game and that's through their quality that is through the sheer player base which i mean people knew everquest fairly well before wow came along and wow has eclipsed the the peak of everquest by a lot i mean hundreds 100 times as many at least they, they had maybe 500,000 Blizzard... Ha- well, so 10 times, 20 times more than, than what EverQuest had. But still, they, they have a significantly higher player base. A lot more people playing this game than EverQuest did. Right. And when uh, Warcraft and the whole game comes into the same contention as being recognized on the same level as American Idol and all the typical reality programs, it gets to the point where all you have to say is wow and put certain capitalization on it and people have a pretty good idea of what you're talking about. Yeah. It's like it's, re- it's like referencing Star Trek or Star Wars or or Firefly, which I understand a lot. Not a lot of people understand Firefly references, but a lot. I mean, a fair number do. And Firefly was awesome. If you haven't watched it, you should go. And, I mean, I I know I missed Firefly the first go-around, and I saw that it was on, that people were attempting to save it, and I just totally missed it the first go-around. But once I got an opportunity to see it, it was like, I missed this program, and, yeah, for every show that is gets out there and goes good, there's about 10 to 20 that just don't even get off the the script page and, or even last a single season. Yeah. Zoltan's asking, what is Firefly? We don't get that in England. Well, not that I know not that I know of anyway. Zoltan, look online. I mean, there's podcasts about it. Yeah. There's a lot of... If you, if you watch it, you'll see a lot of references in the game. That'll be like, oh, that's where that's from. Like a Capson 38 engine. Yeah, there's... I mean, you could go and see everything in the game, and you, you'd you recognize that, oh, that's where that name comes from. And it's going around and recognizing and seeing people start up guilds called Browncoats and getting a chuckle out of realizing that, yes, they're big supporters and yet no they're not and they're trying to be cute uh, personally I, I've also seen guilds named after uh, what is it after various names in literature and it's like and you realize all the different people that are out there who have different interests that also share this World of Warcraft interest with you 
the the funniest thing I saw here on uh, that, that from the chat here is Chris Platt, of course, being the, the funniest of them all. At least he likes to think so. Um, is Chris Platt with Oh no, a zombie on my lawn killed Kenny with a work loop of Enzoth. I'm sure they'll the South Park will eventually do a a follow up to that. Their uh, was it? I think they got a Emmy nomination for it. I don't remember exactly what. Make love, not Warcraft. That was funny. Yes. Of course, everybody who then found out what that achievement was tried to do it that very first week of Wrath, when all the achievements were out and finding out what you could do. Let's do one more story here. I asked you this on the uh, uh, group quest this past weekend, but I'll ask you again. What lore information are you looking forward to out of the... uh, out of the creative development Q&A? Well, personally, I, I I would like to know a bit more about the Worgen. I mean, yes, yes, we found out a great deal of information about the Worgen in the Curse of the Worgen comic books, which I highly recommend you all go out and get and read, because it does explain a very important artifact in Worgen and Night Elf history. But beyond that, I'd like to find out, other than once the Worgen get kicked out from Gilneas and get basically shipwrecked in Darnassus, and Malfurion and Tyrande basically say, yeah, you're going to come work for us now. I mean, it just pretty much dead ends the Worgen storyline, other than a couple of Worgen characters that are peppered throughout the entire world. You don't see a whole lot of the Worgen storyline, much like you see, uh, what is it, the Draenei, who have been peppered through through uh, Kalimdor for, for BC, you got to get a little bit more information for the why the Draenei are so involved and why they care so much about preventing demons from taking over the world. Okay, yeah, um, Matt McCurley on WoW Insider wrote, uh, the things that he'd like to hear from the creative development uh, Q&A is more about Sylvanas, where they're going with her, what is causing her to do what she's doing right now, almost becoming a, a, lich, a lich queen at this point, by making her own undead. Uh, what the plan is with the Earthen Ring, I mean, they've they put the the world tree, the uh, world pillar back together, uh, they, you know, they succeeded, of, of, well, they completed their task in Vashir, essentially. They succeeded in that one aspect, and as soon as they finish the world pi- pillar, Therizane pretty much kicks them out of the entire realm, because she doesn't like them. Yeah, basically kind of asking what's next for them. What what will be their next, their next task in the world? And will Thrall stay at the Maelstrom forever, or will someone take his place? Because uh, technically, at this point, he's done. Where is he now if he's not at the at the Maelstrom? Um, which is a very good question. Where is Thrall right now? Because we already repaired the the pillar, so where is he? Because he no longer has to keep things floating where they need to be, so to speak. But conversely, after the pillar is fixed, the top of Deepholm is still pretty cracked open and exposed to the the primal energies above Deepholm. So it kind of makes you wonder, maybe there's something more we're going to have to do in Deepholm. And that entire Temple of Earth just leaves so much area to be explored still. I wouldn't be surprised if there's maybe a raid instance or a couple of dungeons hiding around that pillar. Very, very possible, yeah. The... Next uh, next thing he wants to know more about is Rustburg Village and the Tolbrad Peninsula. What's the story with them? And lastly, he wants to know more about the Reliquary and the Explorers League. Get more information on what's going on between them, uh, where this group came from, and, and so on. I think he has some really great, great thoughts there. It'll be very interesting to see what kind of questions they answer, how detailed the answers are, and so on. Uh, but... For now, I think that we'll have to wait and see. I don't think they really said when they're answering them. And we'll have to really try hard to try and understand they can't answer all of them. They've already cut off questions. 
now they're just waiting for the votes on those questions to see which ones they should answer. Uh, so definitely go to that thread. It'll be in the show notes, or you can find it on the WoW Insider website. Just look for uh, Creative Development Round 2, and uh, that'll that'll get you where you need to be um, for that post. Um, I think that's going to be about it for this episode, though. Um, I do want to thank Hastra for filling in for Shade. Um, so thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, tell people where they can find you, what you're up to, and all that good stuff. You can find me on Twitter as Haster, H-A-S-T-E-U-R. I've also launched a new project, the Internet Humor and Mirth Show. It's a short factor show, like 15 minutes max each episode, published every other day. And the goal is just something that you can listen to while you're in your car or driving somewhere, something that you don't have to sit for an entire hour to listen to it. It's... It's something to bring a little chuckle to your day. Other than that, I'm on I'm on Twitter, I'm on all sorts of various social media, and I try to tweet about things that interest me and things that I think are that might be useful to everybody. The uh, the best thing I can ask for you to do is go to uh, our website, and there's a link there to a listener survey. I definitely want you to rec- to go there, check that out, see what you can do to try and help us with that because that'd be really, really appreciated. Um, it helps us get an idea for advertisers, where an advertiser should be going, whether or not they're a suitable advertiser to us, and so on. And it also really helps uh, helps to pay those bills that that unfortunately do not get covered for free in this internet world. If you want to send a question for Ask Moo or send a tip to to our good friend Skolnick. I want you to email them. Uh, for AskMoo, that email address is askmoo42 at gmail.com. And if you wanted to send a tip to Warcraft Less Traveled, that's Skolnick, you can email warcraftlesstraveled at gmail.com. And I'm sure they'd both like to hear from you. If you want to leave us a voicemail, please do so. Our voicemail number is 1-785-8TA-WOW5. That's 1-785-282-9695. Please do review us in iTunes. We'd love to hear what you think and spread the word about how good this podcast is. Uh, it's always welcome, and we always really appreciate what you have to say. If you want to email us, the show email is show at allthingsazeroth.com. My email is medros at allthingsazeroth.com. Shades is shade at allthingsazeroth.com. And Haster, how can they email you if they want to toss you a line? Um, I don't have a publicly disclosed email address yet, but you can email my podcast show at tihm.show at gmail.com, or you can drop by and leave a comment at the website, tihms.squarespace.com. If you want to join our guild, either of the Horde or Alliance guilds on Argenton US server, uh, please do just message any member for the for an invite. If they're not able to invite, somebody will who is able to. Uh, the Alliance side is the Heroes of Lordaeron. The Alliance, sorry, the Horde side is Karen's Legacy. Um, and you can find our forms at myguildhome.com/hol, all small letters. And thank you to Chris Platt for setting that site up for us. For Twitter, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. My personal follow my personal account is Medros. Uh, the show account is All Things As. Shades is Shades O Gray. That's Shades O G R E Y. And for the company is Dawnforge, and you are on Twitter as Haster, correct? Correct. Haster, H A S T E U R. You can also follow us on Facebook. We have fan pages for the company and the show. And uh, there's also forms on the Dawnforge website. That's thedawnforge.com. And lastly, I want to thank our sponsor, of course, that is doghostsystems.com. Again, use the code BACON for a $25 Jinx gift code. And also our web host, which is a really awesome web host. We recommend them. They're really awesome, and they're really, really helpful. Do check them out, dreamhost.com. And if you use the code DEATHWING, you'll get $50 off of any new account. I think that's about it. I don't think of it. I can't think of anything else. Um, other than the fact that... I'd rather not have Deathwing burn me up anymore. It's the third time I'm the same character that I've been burned. That would suck. That would suck. 
Oh. I, I think I've timed his his location to where I, I need to test it next weekend, but if it's correct, I can definitely confirm a time and location where he will be every Sunday. Then please do spread that word around so that our guild can get the achievement for that, because I'd love to have our guild get a massive... Uh, Go-go achievement the, the, spam? Yeah. I would not complain about that. But uh, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, I expect Shade will be back. Uh, her painting job will be done, and she'll be back and and ready to talk. Wow! So uh, take care, happy hunting, and we'll see you on the other side of the impossible trivia question. Talk to you later, all. sure Sean will cut all this typing out. This has been a Dawn Forge production, copyright 2011. Find great podcasts and more at thedawnforge.com.